Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Good evening. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. And we are live on YouTube right now. If you missed any of our previous shows, they are on Spotify, iTunes, and, of course, on YouTube where you can see our lovely faces. We have a lot to get to on the show today. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. We'll be talking Bears to lead off the show, of course. Justin Fields, a full participant in practice today. We'll see if he's a full go for Sunday against the much-hated Packers, and they're tied at all-time winningest franchises right now. We'll see who comes out with a win. Aaron Rodgers also expected to play, even though both are, are banged up. That's for sure. Uh, we'll talk about the injuries and a whole lot more regarding the Bears. We'll talk about the NFL and injury updates there. Playoff previews, perhaps. We'll talk about... Jose headed to Houston, and we'll talk about some some quick hits at the end. Uh, if you follow Ross on Twitter and, and are back and forth, and and if you're local like us, you you saw this viral uh, tourist trap, if you will, very much the every sense of the word a uh, a guided tour. You know, one of those pay for it's like a Groupon thing where you pay and you get this package. We'll go over it, and and our version. Uh, much better valued version of Ross's specific tour was great. If you go and check it out right now. Uh, how you doing, Mr. Reed? What's happening, man? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, um, yeah, I'm good. Welcome to December. The The holiday season is upon us. You can play I, the uh, Mariah Carey now. Go ahead, Ross. You can play the, the Mariah Carey now, as I prefer, and you as well. You can play the Donny Hathaway. This is Christmas now, as I did on Saturday, while I had two Christmas ales from Great Lakes. That is still the best thing that Cleveland has ever given us is the Christmas ale from Great Lakes. Uh, but yes, it, it's it's good to uh, be here. It's also good to be above 30 degrees again. It was really cold in Chicago the last couple of days. So happy to see some 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 little bit warmer temperatures, even though we're heading into December. I mean, yeah, it's only going to get worse, right? But uh, yeah, it's December. Holidays are in full swing. We got the tree up. It's opening up nicely. We get the real tree. I don't know where you, where you stand at with, with your trees. I'm a real tree guy. I picked it up last Friday. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Black Friday. Go out to get the Christmas tree. So I picked it up at Home Depot. I got a beautiful tree. It's up. The house smells like pine. I mm -hmm. clean up pine needles for like two days straight, but we're good now. I put the... I put the, the the little thing, the skirt underneath it. And we got the poinsettias all over the house. Yeah, we got the poinsettias all over the ah. house. We got the, the 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 lights are up inside and outside. The Grinch is flapping around in the wind outside. He he glows in the dark. My kid loves it. We've watched the Grinch seven times already this week. We're in the oh full God. spirit. That that away that away. We're finally 
Uh, I've finally given the blessing for Christmas music in my household now that the tree is up. So it's December. It, it takes till December for me for it to, yep. for it all to settle in. But y'all didn't tune in just for our Christmas talk. We got to talk Bears at length here. And, uh, you know, no bigger matchup in, well, in football, of course. You know, regardless of record, you think of rivalries and certainly storied rivalry with the, the Packers and the Bears and both teams really underachieving this year and, and certainly different paths and, and different shortcomings for sure. Obviously this team in the midst of a rebuild and, and the Packers led by Aaron Rodgers kind of on their way out, but they beat the tar out of the bears earlier in, in week two of this season on Sunday night football, as they typically do 27 to 10. It was a drubbing. That was when Justin Fields was still getting his feet under him and, and Stephens had, had no answer for Aaron Rodgers and the rest of this uh, Packers squad. So looking ahead to that Sunday matchup now, and obviously, too, we, we're talking really quickly about the Bears, you know, putting Trevor Simeon out there and, and whoever they want to start at quarterback in, in lieu of Justin Fields when he's injured against the Jets. We kind of knew that the Jets were going to be winning that game. Mike White or, or whoever be damned, Joe Flacco, just put him out there and that, uh, you know, offense struggled mightily uh, to produce points. And, and you take Justin Fields out of the equation – Obviously, this team has a, a lot of deficiencies. We've talked about, um, you know, this defense at length and their lack of a pass rush, too. And offensively, certainly, you know, you're losing uh, a lot when you don't have a lot of firepower as far as wide receivers concerned. And you're really only throwing 20 sometimes a game. It's a work in progress for sure. But the, the losses keep stacking up and it's helping the Bears vault into the top five for a draft if you're excited about tanking which I, I certainly am but you know looking ahead into this week the defense we'll talk about in a second but what are your expectations with Justin Fields and, and I know we talked about it at length the last time we were we did a show together Ross uh, he needs these reps certainly there, there's this, the, the side of you that wants him to err on the side and the rest of this franchise for that matter err on the side of caution and make sure that he is healthy going forward because it seems like the only thing that could doom this young man's career is knock on wood any sort of bad injury. And, you know, he's usually wearing the rib protector. Uh, that shoulder injury is is supposed to not really be that serious. Uh, obviously, with him being a full participant in practice today, that's kind of evident. Uh, but it's still up in the air. You know, they might pull Justin Fields the last second. They might pull Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? But expectations and your thoughts on on, on that sort of, philosophy of bringing Justin Fields out against the Packers on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, listen, he practiced in full today and anytime you practice in full on a Wednesday like that, he's trending towards playing. I fully expect him to play uh, this Sunday. I think a lot of Bears fans, the, you know, us included probably said that we should uh, not see him of him until after the bye week, but you know, it, it's very tough. It, you have to kind of for now give um, general manager, Ryan Poles and, you know, head coach Matt Eberflus, the benefit of the doubt and saying that they know him better than anybody else right now. They stay, they, they know his medical situation right now. And if they think that he can play without causing any more harm to that shoulder, they're going to put him out there at some point you have to take into effect that this young man is now he's the leader of your football team in the moment. He's your best player clearly, but he's also the leader of your football team going forward. And if he has the competitive fire to play, as long as it's not, causing a serious detriment to him long term then you should play him wins and loss records aside and that's kind of where i i, I land things today and a lot of people are like well you shouldn't put him out there he's the shoulder this and that 
they know him right now, and I feel like they've they've got a good, pretty good beat on things. Um, to where if he wants to play, you have to let him play. If the guy says, I want to go out there against our number one rival, against a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, he's going to play too. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Then you have to be able to put him out there. If things are, are looking bad, if their Bears are getting their bucks kicked for whatever reason or something like that, then you can easily pull him. But listen, it's going to be 42 degrees on the lake front on Sunday. The sun is going to be shining for all intents and purposes. It's going to be a beautiful, you know, unseasonably warm day for December in Chicago. And if he wants to play that home game, I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm going to trust Justin. I'm going to trust the Bears and their coaching staff and their medical department and stuff like that right now because, you know, at some point you do have to start building some kind of competitive spirit and fire going into next year. And that maybe sounds a little meatballish. I get it because, you know, you still want to err on the side of caution and what's right long term. But you do have to start putting those pieces together. Remember, this is coming off of Justin, who the last game he played against the Falcons, you know, came out and said, you know, to his team in the locker room, I let you guys down. The defense, I let you down. You gave me an opportunity to win that football game, and I didn't do it. This young man is craving the opportunity to step up and be the leader and, and, and show what he can do and, and have that competitive fight and spirit. You know he wants to go out there. I like what I heard about him during, uh, during his press conference this week where he said that he saw, you know, sitting on that sideline, something helped him a lot to see a couple of things, in particular the Trevor Simeon check down play to, to blasting game, which went for like 31 yards. It, like he, he Things kind of, you know, he took the opportunity to kind of take some things to where maybe he's probably saying, I don't have to, to take it all or nothing on each play. And I don't have to go down the field all the time. I don't have to take this run and take this hit. Maybe I should take these check downs more. Maybe I should be smarter with my body and smarter with the football and take what the defense is giving you and so on and so forth. So I like hearing that from him. It, it's, it's exciting that even though this is a lost season, that this young man still wants to go out there and prove that he is a, a true, true uh, leader of this football team and elite talent. And then we'll, we'll go from there. It makes uh, Sunday all the more enticing, all the more fun. I know we want that number two overall pick. I know Will Anderson from Alabama is sitting there and we're all salivating over it. But at the end of the day, this team's going to ride or die with Justin Fields. And, and, and so for now, you, I think the team has to, to the, the coach staff has to instill some kind of confidence and support in him. And if he's saying, coach, I want to get out there and play, I feel good. You got to let him do it. In this second year, it's incredibly important that he get the reps, too. I think we're both in agreement there, uh, regardless of how banged up the offense is. And, again, we'll, we'll talk about the defense shortly. And chime in, please, the bar flies in the comments as you're watching live here on YouTube and, and chime in on Twitter as well and get engaged. You know, with Fields, obviously he was – limited to start the week just kind of easing back into it and then was a full go and luke Getzi said if something was glaring that was prohibiting him from being able to throw the ball or something i think everybody would see that we're just coaching him up trying to take advantage of whatever we can any moment that we can any rep that we're able to get just to continue his progression and that progression is all important uh and that the chemistry that's starting to build we're starting to see between luke Getzi and justin fields you want to get that back uh, and and he was certainly on such a hot streak uh, before getting sidelined after that Falcons game where he laid it all out there. And it's so interesting with the rest of the quarterback situation too, with Trevor Simeon who sat out with a, a oblique injury for the mm -hmm. second day. And he 
sustained that injury last Sunday during pregame warmups, which is just the, the softest thing I've ever heard of. And uh, <laughs> after taking medication, he was able to play and we saw what he was able to do. And obviously less effective than Justin Fields, for sure, with the arm and, and feet there. But but the Bears had to sign Tim Boyle off the Lions practice squad. And, you know, if God forbid Justin Fields does take a big hit, then it'll, it'll be some sort of a blowout. But I, I, I side with certainly with what you're talking about, that competitive spirit it, and the meatballish part of it. And if you talk to any of these Bears players, they want Aaron Rodgers out there. They want to face that team at full strength because they remember that Sunday nighter in week two. And they want a little bit of revenge, right? Uh, and they know that it's a different squad after the trades. You lost those defensive pieces. And this defense uh, is just decimated uh, with injuries right now. But the offense, uh, you know, that's another question is just what do you expect from Justin Fields coming back? Do you think it, it will be more of the early season Justin Fields when he he lost that, that game as far as he was building momentum? And there's something to be said about um, – you know, clicking at the right time, game after game. I, I would say it'd be a down, a more down performance. I think he'll be sticking to Cole Komet, but I think he does learn, like like you talked about earlier too, Ross, about spreading the ball around, not being afraid to check it down, and certainly not running quite as much. I, I think you know, you that's that's his bread and butter. He's been so mobile and and able to just cut up defenses that way. But but you got to pump the brakes. You do, and at least when you run, you've got to be a lot smarter with your runs, right? You have to know when to take the slide. You have to know when to get out of bounds. The hit that he uh, hurt his shoulder on, he was going towards the sidelines, but he tried to fight for that extra yard, and he got hit and ended up getting knocked out of bounds and knocked on that shoulder. And sometimes you have to realize that the extra yard is not worth uh, a torn labrum or fractured ribs or something like that. You've got to be a lot smarter with the football. I think these are things that um, Lamar Jackson has learned over the course of his career. Uh, even Kyler Murray has learned over the course of his career as well. You know, Lamar Jackson, the, the one time he's gotten hurt in his career, actually came from a hit in the pocket. It, it hasn't come in, in all those design runs that he's had, it, despite the fact that he is uh, probably more slender build than Justin. So those are things that Justin is going to have to pick up in his career. And hopefully this is the perfect game to, to kind of start, you know, seeing those things and start putting all those things together. Like we said, right. Taking the chuck down, right. Getting the football out of your hands, extremely fast, getting it to some of these playmakers or lack thereof right now, because everybody's hurt, uh, but allowing them to make some plays and, and run after the catch. You don't have to do it all. It's not all on your shoulders right now. Right. Especially in the lost season, you just have to, play smart football, work on your skill set, get these reps in here because he still needs the reps too. That's a really important thing. This young man is only in the second, you know, his second season of in the NFL. And, you know, he's, he's only had like, you know, 20 starts or, or whatever it is, you know, so he still needs these reps. That's really important. So, you know, just take what the defense gives you. Don't take these big hits. You know, the Packers defense, it's not very good. You know, it's not very good. And then they can, you know, head into a bye week and, and kind of, you know, allow him to, to rest a little bit more from there. But, um, you know, I, I think another big point about him playing on Sunday is, um, and we saw this at Ohio State. Remember, he had the the, the broken ribs uh, before uh, at Ohio State and still played in the bowl game, right? And still, you know, played in the playoff game. It, it, he shows you that when it will matter and hopefully it will matter soon enough he's going to suit up in these games. So if he is have, if he does have these lingering injuries or, or something's bothering him, but let's say it is a wild card game 
or an NFC championship game or a game uh, with first place on the line in, in week 13 against the Vikings or something like that, he's going to show you, he's like, look, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to lead this football team and I'm going to play. And that's the kind of guy that you want leading your football there. It's the kind of quarterback you want. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, you asked Justin and he definitely wants to play this Packers team. If you ask the defense and, and the offense, any players on this Bears team right now, they're, they're going to tell you the same thing. And, and the defense we've, skirted on this issue they are just super banged up and and i know in the comments Jay rock was asking does the d-line coach share responsibility for poor production yes i i think you know this falls on the entire defense and you look certainly at this defensive line and they have been as bad as they have ever been for for this bears team and and obviously losing uh robert quinn it is a big load and he was the only one who was, you know, formerly a pro bowler and, and has is on his way to, um, you know, perhaps a hall of fame caliber career, really great years, a couple of great years with the bears. But now, you know, that pass rush, it just falls back onto the linebackers and falls back on the secondary and look at the secondary. Now, Eddie Jackson out for the season after having a, a pro bowl caliber year, uh, you're looking at Brisker and Gordon and they're hurt. They're, they're limited, probably not going to go, um, into this Sunday's matchup. And then Jalen Johnson out, out alone on an island, you know, who, who he will guard for uh, for the Packer, Packers team. We've seen on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers, uh, the kid Watson is just going nuts. Yeah. It's going to be a nightmare for this defense, it looks like. So, you know, the matchup, I, I do think this is a different looking team than certainly what the, the Packers saw in week two. And you're having the benefit of Aaron Rodgers playing late in this season and he is banged up with that thumb injury and the rib injury. Um, but it's going to be very tough sledding. You, you got to figure that there will be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones and then Aaron Rodgers able to do Aaron Rodgers things. He might bellow out. I own you to Chicago fans once again in soldier field, which would be the worst. It would be. And, you know, going back to that defensive line, uh, I, mean, I mean, sure. Coaching staff always shares some responsibility, but, they have absolutely atrocious uh, talent on, on, up front. I, I shouldn't say that. Let me take that back. The talent level is not there for the defensive line. And in particular, you've got a lot of backups out there that are trying to play some meaningful uh, minutes. Um, you know, a big disappointment to me this year has been Travis Gibson. I, I thought that he was going to show us a lot more than what he has shown this year. But, you know, you've got you're trotting out guys out there like Dominique Robson and, and, and Angelo Blackson and even Justin Jones and, you know, guys like that. These are backups. These these are these are backups in the NFL, and they're having to play meaningful snaps. And, and it you know it goes to show you the Bears are going to have to spend some money in the offseason to revamp that that defensive line, probably even more so than the offensive line. And they're likely going to spend their first round pick on a guy on the defensive line. We just talked about a couple of minutes ago, Will Anderson being the premier pass rusher out of Alabama. If the Bears are there in the top five pick. I, I fully think that they're going to select him or the defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, out of Georgia. You need one of those two impact blue chip players on that defensive line. And you still need to go out there and sign a guy like De'Aaron Payne, who there was a great uh, piece uh, about him in The Athletic today about 
how he he definitely wants to uh, you know get his money and he's kind of you know looking to to be a star in this league and I, I think the Washington Commanders who are already stacked on their defensive line are not going to be able to afford him. The Bears, as we know, have all the money in the world and they can overspend to to bring a guy like De'Aaron Payne in here and all of a sudden you get Payne in here. And you get um, um, Will Anderson in here. And you start maybe getting like a um, um, Yannick and Gakway and something like that in here. And you start making this defensive line look a lot better, right? And, and those are the things that they're going to have to do. Remember, the Bears have the most money in free agency to spend this year, um, as well as a, a what's going to potentially be a top five draft pick. So I fully think that they're going to go defensive line um, early and often in the draft and free agency this year and, and because um, that's going to be a big key to, to Matt Everfuss' defense going forward as well as a, uh, a a really good athletic linebacker in the middle of the field opposite Jack Samworth. You know, big Jonathan Allen, like you were talking about the com- commanders. I, I've liked him since he came out of Alabama and he, his production has, has spoken for itself. And you saw when the bears played Washington, he was all over the place and, and he is uh, a disruptor for sure. And you pair him with Will Anderson, that would immediately, I, I feel like turn around the, uh, this type of defense that who is again, just been underperforming. Look at Al Kadeen Muhammad, who you thought might mm-hmm. be a steal in, in free agency eight, Eight tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, just not great production from him. And obviously there's been a big spotlight on, on the linebacking core now that Roquan Smith is gone, who, who played very well. Jack Sanborn has stepped up. But, yeah, all eyes are certainly going to be on the secondary for me as, uh, you, you know, you're seeing Kyle, Kyle, Tyler Gordon, excuse me, and Jaquan Brisker limping with injuries, limited with injuries. You'll see a lot of DeAndre Houston Carson, see if he can – he can uh, share the load with a guy like Kendall Vildor who has been up and down this season. And then you see what you have in depth there. And it's obviously a big um, spot for these, these other um, secondary players to see how, if they'll be brought back into next year. And, and you're thinking certainly, you know, from the bears standpoint with this depth chart, who's going to be coming back and who's not at, at this point. And I, I mean, shout out to Eddie Jackson and, and, a guy like um, Tevin Jenkins, who have been having Pro Bowl seasons in the midst of a pretty tumultuous year. And Tevin Jenkins really turning it around has been such a great story. You knew that Eddie Jackson had this um, potential, certainly because he got signed. He's highest paid safety in the league. You saw back when the Bears were last in the playoffs, if he was in that game against the Eagles, perhaps they go on and, and he makes a bigger impact when he was having an incredible year that year as well. So he's definitely an anchor. You know, he was the defensive captain too. So who's left to step up? It certainly looks like, you know, the defense is going to be torn up like they have been all season. They've been allowing, um, you know, in the top 10, probably point total right now at this point. So all eyes are on Justin Fields and this offense to to carry the load and, and we'll see if they're able to on the lakefront. Yeah, which is why you kind of hope that the Bears, you know, go out there and, and they lose this game 35 to 31. You know, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You still want Justin right. Fields to go out there and ball out and continue his his uh, his his progression going forward. You want him and Chase Claypool to start to get some chemistry together because that whole situation hasn't really kind of you know kicked up like you thought it, it would have early on here, especially with Darnell Mooney out. Um, but we also know that the defense is not going to be able to stop, stop a nosebleed for us of the year. It, that's just not it. it listen, I, I, I've got all the respect in the world for Mike White, and I think that he um, is the better option for the Jets going forward. 
but he is not going to be able to do what he did last Sunday on a lot of other defenses in the league right now. That's just how bad the Bears are from in, in all three phases with as many injuries as they have right now. They didn't have much defensive line depth before they they traded guys, you know, like like Roquan, um, Robert Quinn, excuse me. The linebacker core is super limited. Jack Sanborn is a fun story. He's still a liability, a liability in the past game. Uh, Morrow, same thing with him. It's, it's been a decent signing, but they don't have that elite athletic linebacker that they need to play against the run and the um, and, and in the pass. And then, you, like you said, with the secondary, right? I, I mean, when you don't have uh, Kyler uh, Jaquan Brisker, who's been your outstanding rookie all year, Jalen Johnson is stuck on an island, but he can't guard everybody in the football field. Vendor is is a limited, uh, you know, out uh, out outside corner. He's been solid this year, but he's also has issues. He's just very limited. And Kyler Gordon, for you know, he was coming on at, um, at the end of the season here, but he had his struggles too, especially in in pass coverage. He was very good against the run, I thought, uh, the last couple of weeks. So, you know, all these injuries up there. You know, the Bears are probably going to give up easily twenty eight, you know, thirty points a game. You know, going forward, you just hope that Justin Fields can match it, or or at least come close to matching. And if he can. That's a success. If they lose every single football game, 38-31, 35-31 for the rest of the year, I'm okay with that. At this point, all I care about is the progression of Justin Fields, and then let's keep him as healthy as possible, and let's get into the offseason, and let's start a game plan together on how we're going to uh, make this roster go from a you know four-win team to at least a, uh, a, a nine-win team next year. Yeah, no question. And it only gets tougher after the Packers, as, as we know, the Bears had a pretty soft schedule, you know, looking at the face of it to start the season. Now they're riding this nice five game losing streak could make it six on Sunday. But then you go and play the Eagles, you play the Bills and uh, the Lions and Vikings, Eagles and Bills at home. Mm -hmm. be fun, though. Uh, you know, on the, on the flip side, I did want to pick your brain on this, Ross. You know, Aaron Rodgers said he was open to the idea of shutting him down. Where do you, where do you think the Packers are at? with Aaron at this point and I don't know what good it does shutting him down and, and taking it I ultimately think it's up to Aaron at this point what he wants to do obviously he said he's been dealing with the thumb injury so he could have easily said I'm, I'm gonna stop playing and I'm, I'm getting up there but for a guy who you know could easily retire at the end of the season I feel like is it you know does it make a lot of sense to, to sit him out for the rest of the season yeah the only thing with that is I mean you know Aaron Rodgers has like, you know, 50 something million reasons, literally cash wise, right. As to why he won't retire at least this year. So I do think he comes back for one more year, but I think next year is his last year. Hey, if I were the Packers, I would try and talk to Aaron and say, look, we do want you to make one more run at this next year. So we think that you should sit down for the rest of the year and get healthy yeah. and let's play Jordan love. And that gives the Packers an opportunity to try Jordan love out there. And maybe he shows other teams something across the league and he becomes a trade candidate. Listen, there's going to be a lot of uh, QB needy teams in this offseason, and uh, not all of them are going to be able to go up there and get the Bryce Youngs of the world or CJ Straws of the world or Will Levi or anything like that, the young man out of Kentucky. So some teams might be trying to look at a guy like Jordan Love, and you might have a, a Matt Flynn type situation who coincidentally was a backup in Green Bay. And he signed a monster deal to go to Seattle only to get beaten out in training camp by a uh, third round pick by the name of Russell Wilson. But so, you know, Jordan Love could help a team out there. You know, you never know. It could help. A, uh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing a Carolina Panthers out there. Right. Who all of a sudden are, are kind of playing themselves 
out of a top five pick. So they're playing themselves out of a quarterback situation and they might want to look at a guy like Jordan Love or even the Atlanta Falcons, even though they drafted uh, Spencer Rattler last year. So um, I, if I were the Packers, I'd sit Rodgers because he's not giving you anything right now. He, he, you're not going to the playoffs. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. Him going out there just proves nothing. you got to make a decision here on Jordan Love because that fifth-year option is quickly approaching. Are you going to let a first-round pick walk? Are you going to pick up the option? Or are you going to try and trade him? Well, you can't trade him right now because nobody knows what the hell he does. Nobody knows what he what he's done on the football field. All you've seen is preseason games and in a few quarters of, of regular season games. So I would um, I would use this as a dress rehearsal if I were them for the rest of the year to show teams what Jordan Love can do in the hopes of maybe getting a uh, second or third round pick out of him. You know, very similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo situation with Tom Brady, who refused to retire back in the day. Yeah, and we've certainly thought that from the Packers' standpoint that Jordan Love was the next guy, but now just seeing that little bit of action uh, last week and, and how he was able to step up, and now the you know, Packers might have a, another piece there, and it makes too much sense to to sit Aaron Rodgers at this point if he is ailing with the rib injury and the, and the thumb injury. Um, just it, it, regardless of who he faces, this season is already lost, and you're going to try and run it back next year, and and swing at some building the rest of the offensive line back to where it should be around him and getting him a couple more weapons at wide receiver, then it, it does make a lot of sense there. What is your prediction score-wise for Sunday? Yep, I got Packers 31. Eight. I got Bears 24. Was that 21-24? Nope, 31-24 Packers. 31-24 Packers. 31-24 Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers plays. I think he plays just fine. I think Christian Watson is emerging right now as his number one wide receiver. I, I called that. I called that four weeks too late. <laughs> but, I mean, four weeks too early. But Watson is really playing some good football right now. Aaron Jones is still back there. Even though uh, A.J. Dillon is hurt right now. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is able to step on the football field, uh, against this Bears defense in, in beautiful weather, I think that he's going to be able to put some points on the board. Yeah, Packers 27, Bears 20. It, it'll be closer than we would think, but Bears continue to lose. I think they add on to that losing streak at six. Let's move on to the rest of the NFL, Ross. And we got a, we got a pretty good one tonight with the Patriots and Bills as we kick off week 13. And we're starting to formulate the the. The playoff predictions and, and the top seeds are distancing themselves from the lower seeds. No Von Miller for a while for the Bills as they take on the Pats tonight. As I mentioned, you know, he's on the IR and out for at least the next four games. Um, this should be a good one. I like it. And, and you know, to the, the point I made, uh, you know, looking to the matchups for Thanksgiving games, I think they all delivered looking back to week 12. There wasn't you know, a ton from week 12 that stood out. It was more of the same with, um, you know, the NFC not looking a whole as a whole too fierce. Certainly Vikings separating themselves and the Eagles, but more Russell Wilson hate and that implosion in Denver was more of the same there. But you're seeing those teams that, that are peaking at this point in time are the ones you really got to look out for. And we've been saying repeatedly on this show, look out for the Bengals who – edged out another good team in the AFC, uh, the Titans, when they beat them 20 to 16, it was more of a, uh, a low scoring affair there with those two teams. But you're seeing um, certainly, you know, look at the NFC East. You, you'd think one of those teams would come out on top. Even the commanders under T Taylor Heineke right now, they keep rolling seven, five, all the NFC East teams right now would make the playoffs, which is just crazy. Looking at the 
the seeding, you you got Kansas City, Miami, Tennessee, Baltimore, Buffalo, the Bengals, the Jets. And then you're looking at the NFC, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Tampa at five and six. Look at that. <laughs> and then the Cowboys, Giants, Commanders all getting in the entire division, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, if the playoffs started today, would you, would you have a favorite, Ross? Um, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs will be the favorite for me coming out of the uh, the, the AFC, um, just because they're battle, yeah, they're battle tested, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick for uh, for Pat Mahomes right now. I think he's elevating that entire offense right now. You know they, you know Kelsey is having a, a decent Kelsey year, but but he's really elevating some guys out there. They're they're just keep plugging different running backs in there. They just brought in uh, they just brought in somebody. Oh, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, who who was uh, released gotcha. by the Broncos? He had that great he had that great Broncos meme with him driving the the Broncos truck like OJ Simpson uh, out of there. But um, and then and then in the NFC, I, I have I have a Philadelphia bet. I got them at the beginning of the season twenty five to one to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the time of year where I start betting on the 49ers. I bet on the 49ers every single year since they did go to the um to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs um to to go to the Super Bowl cuz they're starting to look damn good and they're starting to get healthy at the right time on offense and defense and um if if Jimmy G is going to play like that consistently, which is just good enough to win football games, not make these stupid mistakes, then I can see them going into Philadelphia, who looks very beatable right now, and winning that football game. Um, I am really impressed with what the Cowboys are doing right now. I think they're peaking at the right time as well. I think they're getting healthy. Um, I, I, I think that uh, Michael Parsons is is probably the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Um, he and I love the way Dak Prescott is playing right now. So I, you know, for those three teams, for me, it's a real toss up. I think I, I'll feel better about one of them in the next two or three weeks. Um, but it, but it's a uh, it's an arms race right now. Philadelphia is obviously in the driver's seat with the best record in the NFC, but that doesn't mean that I'm counting out the 49ers or the Cowboys because I think that both of those teams are very good. I do not believe in the Vikings, even though they do have some impressive wins. I don't trust Kirk Cousins in, in big spots, in big primetime games, anything like that. I don't trust their defense to be able to get enough stops. Their kicker likes to miss uh, extra points. That always scares the crap out of me when you when you show up in the playoffs and stuff like that. But um, if I were to power rank the NFC right now, I'd still have the Eagles number one, Cowboys number two, but the 49ers are right, right there, man. That that team is really coming out like they always do this time of year. Uh, the Chris McCaffrey trade is really paying dividends for them as well as uh, a couple other things that they have going on. Yeah, offensively, they're scary with Ayuk and, and Debo too. If, if Garoppolo can just string it all together and be mistake free, you know, look at looking at he's starting to look like a franchise quarterback and they're very balanced. So 49ers peaking at the right time. I, I agree with you as far as Dallas is concerned too. I think that Dallas and, and the Eagles are the class of the NFC right now. And it comes back to their quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. And, and they're able to have great balance there. Jalen Hurts is the story of the year. I feel like a quarterback and, and he is um, really uh, owning the conference, obviously at a, at a 10 and one uh, pace there, the Vikings looking like pretenders when they're beating all the divisional teams. We'll, we'll see there, there might be a little more flash in the pan, but then losing that, that dud for them, 40 to three, dropping that game to the Cowboys. It, it makes you think that one of these 
NFC East teams are, are one of them's got to come out on top. And I, I'm with you as far as the AFC is concerned. I, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point um, or, or Josh Allen. The way these two guys are playing is, is pretty remarkable. And I know the Bills are, are sitting, you know, at a lower seed, but that could play to their advantage. Uh, you know, Chiefs just looking to lock up some sort of a buy. And then Dolphins are the new new kids in town, and ten- Tennessee makes it this far, but I feel like they don't have enough to push them over the edge. Um, but look out for for the Bengals at that that six seed for sure. And, and yeah. looking ahead to this week, they, there's a ton of good games. I think you know we we mentioned Bears Packers, and at least from a rivalry standpoint, they managed to play close to to each other and, and make it entertaining. Albeit that I, I say that uh, after that that Sunday night or dud, which was in week two, but. But then, you know, you, you see the Jets and the Vikings facing off. You see the Commanders and Giants, and they're both jockeying for some playoff position and and, and trying to continue the, the success that they both had. Then Titans and Eagles is a good one. You got the Dolphins and 49ers. That's what I was thinking of. Could be the game of the week. And then Chiefs-Bengals, also great. And then Monday Nighter, you know, there's bad blood between the Saints and the Buccaneers. Uh, what else are you looking for in this next week of action coming up? Uh, obviously, tipping off tonight with – with the, the Bills and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously tonight's a very good football game. I'm excited to watch that game when we hop off here. Um, I, I think the Patriots are going to be able to keep it close. Did, you know, I know a lot of people are in on the Bills right now, but Josh Allen doesn't look very healthy with that elbow issue, and he didn't look healthy last Thursday in Detroit against the Lions. The Lions very much could have won that football game. So I'm worried about Josh Allen a little bit. I got to see him play, um, you know, hits a little bit of some of those throws that he's been missing lately with that elbow situation. I think the Patriots can keep it close, but ultimately the Bills, the Bills will win that game. Sunday to me is all about those two afternoon games. Dolphins 49ers. Dolphins have to go to San Francisco. That's going to be a tough trip for them. Um, as we know, Mike um, um, Mike McDaniel, their current head coach, was a uh, coordinator for uh, Kyle Shanahan. So he's, you know, that's going to be a storyline all week as he gets to go back and, and, and face his mentor and, and against that D'Amico Ryan's defense. Uh, and then the other one is Kansas City Chiefs and in, in, in the Bengals. And the Chiefs have to go to Cincinnati. And, and that's a rematch of the AFC championship game. And you hit it on the head a couple of minutes ago. The Bengals are playing really good football at the right time right now. Joe Burrow looks like he has that Joe Burrow swagger back in him. And um, most importantly, they get Jamar Chase back this week. And so now you get, your, your, you get your number one weapon back out there with your boy Joe Burrow. And all of a sudden we're cooking with gas a little bit. Sneaky good football game. Jets Vikings. I think Mike White can pull it off. I think Mike White can put it off, pull it off. Remember I said last time the commanders can pull off the, the win against the Eagles, and they did it. Hope you put a little money on it. Don't be afraid to sprinkle a couple bucks this week on, on, on the Jets to go in there to Minnesota and, and take out the Vikings. I think they can do it. Um, same thing with the Titans. The Titans are a, a scrappy football team. They play teams hard. They punch them in the mouth. They got to go on the road to Philadelphia. I'm not going to say that they'll win that game. I think they can keep it close, especially in the first half. I think this could be a first half uh, football game. I think we're really going to see what the Eagles are are all about in a week like this, coming off of a uh, big win last week. Um, but those Titans teams, they're super physical. They're well coached by Mike Vrabel, and uh, they're they're going to be really scrappy. It's going to be tough to to handle uh, Derrick Henry for four quarters. I think Jalen Hurst is playing some outstanding football right now. Let's see if he can keep it going against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, some really fun matchups. I, I like the Jets going into 
Minnesota and potentially beating them. And, and again, the NFC matchup of the commanders and giants and giants. Uh, we'll, we'll talk in a moment about them, but um, you know, it just, it just goes back to the Bengals and, and Joe Burrow, as you were saying, Joe Burrow is, is still elite. And I think that he may have had some struggles and, and you know, they've obviously been a little bit different than the Rams. The Rams have just been a complete travesty at three and eight right now, but, but the Bengals, the, the way they've been able to rally and overcome that loss of Jamar chase and win football games, close football games. And, and now this is a huge one against the chiefs. It could be a shootout for sure, but we should see Joe Burrow at his best. Um, for sure. But also, you, you know, looking at this free agency um, sweepstakes, I should say wide receiver sweepstakes for Odell Beckham Jr. Do you see him going to the Cowboys, Giants or Bills, all these rumors? And why has it taken so long? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's falling asleep on airplanes and getting kicked off of airplanes, which was just a crazy story that we saw. Yeah, a couple years ago. That didn't help. It yep. was. Yeah. You know, listen, I mean, remember, he, he tore up his knee last year in the Super Bowl. Right. So he's not even one year post uh injury so i don't think he's very healthy right now to be honest with you i think he's probably about 70 percent, 75 percent healthy so i think there's no rush to bring him in so rush for him to play i also think that he wants a uh a two-year deal probably because he doesn't want to sign with a team for two or three months and then have to do this all over again in the off season and probably a lot of teams don't want to give him a uh a two-year deal right now at his age uh, coming off of a catastrophic injury like that so i do think that he will be signed here in in the next coming weeks uh, and and i think that whoever signs him is, is going to be looking forward to getting him out there on the uh for the playoffs at the very very least if odell beckham jr steps on the field you have to respect that he's on the football field and he is at the very least a damn good decoy so if he's lining up opposite Stefan Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis, that helps all those guys, right? Let's go to Dallas. If he's out there and he's lining up again uh, opposite C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and 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 you know Dalton Schultz, that the guys that they have, it's only going to help those guys get the football as well. It's what happened last year with the Rams and and, and allowing guys like Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson to be able to eat a little bit more. And Odell was having an amazing Super Bowl before he got hurt, too. He had a touchdown in that game, um, he, uh, as well as he was on his way to, to go over the uh, the yards uh, that they had over under for him. He was well on his way to go over close to 100 yards. So hopefully he's, he's at least healthy enough to make an impact. I still think Odell is a very fun player to watch. Um sure. You know, I, I think he can still help a football team. I think it'll eventually come down to the Cowboys or the Bills. And um, I'm actually going to go with the, the Von Miller factor. I think he's going to sign with the Bills before this is all said and done um, and go with them. I think if it was the Cowboys, it would have been done by now. Um, I think Jerry Jones might have probably been scared off a little bit by the whole plane situation, even though Jerry had his own scandal last week mm -hmm. uh, with some pictures in Arkansas that we don't have to discuss. But I think that um, I think that his buddy Von Miller will be able to, to bring it home. And uh, I think – Odell would be catching passes from Josh Allen in the frigid cold of, of Buffalo in the coming weeks. There you go. You saw them getting chummy courtside at, at, a, at a basketball game, and, mm -hmm. and that would make a lot of sense, certainly. You know, who stays losing, of course, is, is Antonio Brown, as there was an arrest warrant issued for him in, in Tampa, and, and we both know his history and, and just what a fucking idiot this guy can be. <laughs> a very talented mm -hmm. player, but, man, he's uh, – is almost Kanye Kanye esque the way he is just tanking him his uh, his his life at this point type of thing. So mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of fun 
matchups this this week in, in week 13 and and tonight bills patriots should be a good one uh, i know aldo likes the bills taking the patriots by 10 here and moving on to other things ross you know i gotta i gotta ask you how you're feeling about your white Sox and and the offseason here is jose abreu is now a houston astro he's with the champs at this point you know he had, had a pretty great legacy with the white Sox and uh, it's tough over these last years. I know a lot of uh, certainly fans and, and critics around the league have just said it was underachieving and what could have been with injuries and everything else. Um, but a guy like Jose Bray was, was the heart of a team for part of the team for a while. And, you know, came out and had such a great rookie year. I have very fond memories of watching Jose Bray and, and I wish him well. I wonder if the Astros have overpaid for him at this point. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, let's say I think they did overpay for him. Um, I'm going to miss the guy. I love Jose Abreu a, a lot. I think that he um, he brought us into that new generation of first baseman that I'm accustomed to as a White Sox fan my whole life. I went from Frank Thomas to Paul Canerco to Jose Abreu. Um, and so, you know, hopefully Andrew Vaughn now can fill those shoes. I, I'm going to miss the guy. I, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I think that he was a great ambassador um, for the White Sox. I think he was a great ambassador for the, the young Cuban players that are in the league right now. And, um, you know, I, all I want to say is I, I did wish that the White Sox would have kept him. Um, my, my, my biggest gripe is if you let him walk for that money, you better be prepared to spend that money and more in other places. And so if the White Sox sit on their hands and don't do shit, then that's what pisses me off because you let your, your, your franchise player, the face of your team for so long, walk away and then you don't replace him with any blue chip players. That drives me nuts. And that makes me want to say, you know, I get like a, you know, I, I get a pack of games every single year. That makes me say, yeah, you know what? I don't want to, spend all my money on this team anymore because you don't want to spend your money on this team anymore. So hopefully in the coming weeks, this means that the bear, I mean the bears, that the white Sox are going to open up their pocketbooks to bring in um, some more impact players. They need a second baseman. They just signed a, a, a Mike Clevenger who's going to be a back of the end uh, rotation guy. They can probably use another outfielder as well as another uh, relief pitcher as well. Let's hope they can spend some money. They need a left-handed bat too. Staying healthy is paramount, obviously, with all that said. And uh, now you have to you fill the void of Jose Abreu and hope that um, several guys have to step up on that that roster for sure. And looking around the the rest of the sporting world, the World Cup and, and full swing, have you been following it, Ross, and, and everything? I know there was a big – there was a controversial goal, a Japan goal that that stood after replay. Oh, that that was yeah. wild, yeah. And yeah, across the line today. I don't know how that's let in, but listen, if you watch the FIFA documentary on, on Netflix, you know that anything goes in in in, in that sport. Um, shout out to Christian Pulisic. I hope his nuts are feeling okay today, and and he's ready to rock and roll on on Saturday morning. Uh, go USA against the Dutch, um, as 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 Austin Powers would say in part three. Is we don't like the Dutch, so um, yeah, I, I've been I've been casually watching the. You know, it's. Um, the timings are kind of weird. You got to kind of watch in the middle of the day, you know, kind of side eye while you're at work and stuff like that. But it's been fun. I mean, you know, with with all the political stuff aside of, of Cutter hosting and, you know, the 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 slave labor that went into those to building those stadiums and all the the corruption of FIFA. I think it's been a very good event so far. We got some surprises today. We got Germany knocked out. We got Spain right. knocked out. 
Um, yeah. I know we, you know, I know we get. Um, so that's those are two big surprises. Mexico's gone. That's another big surprise. Yeah, surprise. Um, yeah, and and so we get. I know we get Brazil tomorrow. Um, but you know, you look at teams like USA. Why can't they beat the Dutch on Saturday, right? And and go on. They're right now ninety to one favorites to win to win the World Cup. And um, you know, to me, France is looking like the most dominant team right now. Um, just because they've got Mbappe out there. Mbappe is one of the most elite soccer players, you know, we've seen in a long time. Obviously, we've seen uh, Messi and we've seen Cristiano Ronaldo, who just got a massive deal of over $200 million a year from Saudi Arabia, from a Saudi Arabia team. But Mbappe is is, is just as fun in this new generation of players. And, and I think he might lead uh, France to, to World Cup victory. Man, how about it? I th- think, you know, it's helpful when, when the... U.S.'s greatest threats are, are taken out by other teams, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that'll certainly help your chances. Yeah, I, I got to get more into it. And and certainly, you know, I'm, I'm down the street from Cleo's, which is a great Chicago bar, great soccer bar. I just love that that atmosphere. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know exactly what offsides is. And, and uh, I, I seriously, <laughs> seriously sure. enjoy it when there's some scoring. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see some shootouts, too, because ties won't be an option. So getting into it, getting into it. That's that that. One time in four years where I can, I can mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the NBA is concerned, Bulls continue to, to underachieve. It just got a, a break speed off them by, by the Suns. And it's more of the same as, as we just creep along in the season. And, and again, you know, it's the, it's the Bucks and, and um, the Bucks and Celtics really, you know, making waves. And Phoenix, like I just talked about, beating the breaks off the Bulls and being so good. Um, but the Bulls, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen as this season drags on. I know that Billy Donovan and, and the rest of uh, the Bulls were, were pretty – didn't seem optimistic. They were just saying it's going very slowly as far as the Lonzo Ball situation is concerned. And now it's really just just kind of packing in the the, the trade machine and seeing what you could potentially get for it. DeMar DeRozan, and now that you've locked up Levine and, and hopefully you could get some decent return, he could certainly be a good role player on a playoff team and maybe Bulls can – accumulate draft picks or, or some something that would be a better answer to to help this team um, get back in the winning column and, and make sure that they are progressing in the right way towards a, a winning franchise because they don't look like it right now. They just say, you know, like uh, Ross talking about earlier, they're they're not far off in, in you know, in the playoff seating, but but they're just a, a sort of a one and done flash in the pan type of situation. And it's, it's not looking good unless you shake it, shake up this roster at, at all i got crushed opening night uh when they started saying that they were going to uh, load manage zach levine for saying that they should probably look to yeah. tank the tours this year and probably get into the victor of women yama sweepstakes and here we are they're, they're now 12th in the eastern conference uh a quarter of the way this through the season so my what i would do personally i don't think we're seeing lonzo ball at least for the rest of this year maybe going forward I, this guy might be cooked he can't even walk up the stairs right now, so you can't rely on that situation. So if I were the Bulls, I don't think Zach Levine's healthy right now. I watch him play basketball. He can't get any lift on his jump shots. He's missing layups at the cup. That means he has no trust in that knee right now. I would shut him down for a few months. I would shut him down, allow him to kind of sit, further rehab that knee that he has surgery on over the summer, um, get that knee right, and I would take that opportunity to also trade um, Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan, and then I would get as many draft picks as I could. I would even take on Russell Westbrook's contract if it means that I can get two unprotected first-round picks from the Lakers because those picks are going to be 
gold in a few years when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not on that basketball team. They're going to be gold. And that's the kind of forward thinking that you need to start looking at. And um, I would blow it up. I, I, I would take it out and I would try and shoot for a, a top four pick. And uh, as we know, if the Bulls do land in the top four, that is um, that is protected away from the Orlando Magic so they can make that pick. And then I would bring uh, whoever young man that they draft back along with Zach being next year, uh, who hopefully will be healthier coming off a uh, one year removed from that knee injury. But those are the difficult decisions that, in my opinion, it's not going to be popular with the fan base, but I think it's going to be for the betterment of this team uh, going forward. Because if you keep this team as they are right now, they are not going to make the playoffs. Um, they're going to tread water. DeMar DeRozan is approaching 34, 35 years old. Vucevic is going to want new money. Don't give it to him. You're in a really tough spot. You got to pick a lane here. You either got to blow it up or you got to do something drastic to get an influx of talent in here. And I just don't know what that trade looks like. It might be Carl Anthony Towns who might be on the market. You know, it might be some other guys out there, you know, maybe Damian Lillard down the road. I don't even think that's going to happen. So the Bulls are in a really tough spot, unfortunately. And I think that they should um yeah. blow it up and tank as much as they as much as they can yeah and and posed in the comments is the question do you still trust Arturis Karnasovas and I'll trust him a lot more if he has some balls and doesn't stand pat at the trade deadline and tries to shake it up because this roster it's just not conducive to winning right now you look around the league and and certainly around the east and within the Bulls own division and it's not looking good right now you, you hit everything on the head you, you just got to start making those calls and, and start theorizing what, what's going to be best to, you know, help build around Levine because you've invested a lot of money in him right now and then get get something to bolster that front court. They, they need um, – if Vucevic ain't it, they got to get what you can for him and then you know, DeRozan getting up there on his way out doesn't fit in with the plan going forward, that's for sure. That's and – as we wrap up the show, Ross, uh, did you watch Neil Brennan's special? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was all in on it, blocks, and he is very unique. And, and those that don't know Neil Brennan, he wrote for Dave Chappelle, and he's he's a director, and and he wrote a lot for Chappelle Show, that is, and and just an incredibly funny guy. He did three mics before this block special, and blocks is very unique the way he structured it, and the, the guy is just you know, dealt with a lot of mental health issues, which he is not shy about talking about on, on the special for blocks, but he has some just, just an incredible comedy mind the way he's put together. And um, I, I loved it. I was, I was all in on it. You can watch it on Netflix. Big plug. Yeah. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I did watch the, the Dion Cole special, who was another uh, Chicago comic that's on yeah. Netflix right now. That's an outstanding special. I actually saw that one live. We saw Neil Brennan live too a couple of years ago at, at Thalia Hall. Yeah, we did. Um, yep. So um, I will watch it uh, this weekend. I did go see Wakanda Forever last week. Um, I thought, oh, it was, I I, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it, not as good as the first one, but they 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 landed the plane as best they could. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for. Um, for it, it's it's like awards movie uh you know season coming out which is my favorite time of the year i'm going to go take myself to the theaters tomorrow and probably watch the menu which has uh anya taylor joy in it and ralph fines got my doppelganger in it too you, yes, think, absolutely. you think so yeah, absolutely yeah right. absolutely I've been getting um, yeah we I, you know we're getting knives out in a couple weeks we're getting um uh babylon from damien chazelle in a couple weeks we're getting white noise from Noah Baumbach in a couple of weeks, so it's 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 the the prestige movie season, which is my favorite uh, time of the year. But 
Um, I will check out Neil Brennan uh, this weekend. I'm a huge Neil Brennan fan, like you said. Very, very brilliant mind. Co-writer of The Chappelle Show, co-creator of The Chappelle Show. Very big on mental health. Very good on that dry humor uh, that he has. He's awesome. Super dry. And he's a great follow on Twitter. And if you tweet at him, because I know there's some personal experience, he will respond to you and he will retweet you and, and shout you out. Great guy. What a guy. Well, to the opposite, my sister told me one of her friends went on a couple of dates with him and called him an asshole. But he could have been you know, dealing with whatever at that time. Yeah, you can also cool. seem like a, a prickly human being. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for sort of this Oscar season as we're starting to see some some heavy hitters in the whale everybody's raving about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to end the show on, on this low note. But we'll, but we'll bring you up from this robbery and, and take you on our own tour of Chicago because – this, this, I had to look this shit up. It's called Fever. This is where I found it. The Chicago Foodie Lovers Tour well, that features, let me take you through these bullet points here, an Uber ride, bottled water, ooh, probably Dasani, a Portillo's hot dog, a small, small Garrett's popcorn, a six-inch Al's Italian beef sandwich, a slice of deep dish pizza, a do-right donut, and free entry to the Wrigley Building Tribune Tower and Buckingham Fountain, which is outside. They ain't even a, a fucking door to get in that you could be blocked from. There's multiple. You could come from LSD. You could come from the east side of it. I mean, or the west side of it. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. And you could get all of this, folks, for a, a very fair price of $532.50. This has to be some sort of a joke. All of that is a value of like $75. But they're charging you $530 for that excursion. They are trying to really, uh, really take advantage of the person that is coming in from Iowa or Ohio or uh, Wisconsin, Sheboygan. Shout out Sheboygan. Or bastards. Or anybody else that is coming in from out of town because you look at everything on that list, those foods. The Uber ride is probably the most expensive thing on the list. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's probably like 15 bucks right there. That's just an absolute travesty. So, you know, as you know, I, I, I responded to that today. I created my own list. It will probably cost you less than 100 bucks. It will take you all over the beautiful neighborhoods of this great city of Chicago. I started off with Harold's Chicken on 87th Street, which is on the south side, right out to Dan Ryan. Shout out to those guys. Still amazing. I took you to, to the fried shrimp from Goose Island Shrimp, which is located on Goose Island, right off the division in nice. Halstead. Yep, absolutely. In that area. Um, Hot Doug's Atomic Sausage Pizza. Hot Doug's is is no longer with us, uh, but his his sausages live on in a great pizza from Peace, which is in the beautiful Wicker Park area, um, which also has a brewery there. So sit in there and have a brew, have a beer, uh, homemade beer. Uh, During the summertime, if you're doing this, Italian Ice from Mario's Italian Ice Stand, which is on Taylor Street, not too far from me. Uh, between Halsted and it's like uh, Racine, somewhere over there. Um, but it's an awesome stand. Shout out to them. Burger from Fatso's Last Stand, which is out in like Ukrainian village area. How about me? Best, yep, one of the best burgers in the city. You can have pierogies from Star Poloska, which is all the way up north on near Belmont and Cicero. If you, I had some pierogies last Saturday at the Christmas Kindle Mart at, um, at the Wrigley Field at Gallagher Way. Outstanding, outstanding. Um, and then I finish it up. You and I know this very, very well, but the tacos from Carnitas Europon uh, in the Pilsen neighborhood, uh, they give you a pound of Carnitas for like 25 bucks. It can feed like five or six people. They, oh, they yeah. sell it fresh. 
they they sell it until they sell out um and it is outstanding yeah it's, and that'll take you through the the nice beautiful all the neighborhoods of chicago you can get all that for probably a hundred bucks total and uh don't take an uber take take our beautiful public transportation take the red line take the pink awesome. line yes with the guy smoking a blunt in the train car yeah As save some oils you know save some oils buy the oils they smell good <laughs> there you go i'm with you there i could just take you around chicago avenue right here i'm right by fatso's i'm right by a good yeah. pizza spot bartoli's you could go yeah. to uh get some good chicken you get some good tacos donanatis over here you could get i could uh definitely take you on a better tour than than whatever the fever is selling you at this point it was just yes. uh very upsetting to, to, to yeah. see see these people taking advantage of these poor tourists who don't know any better i would i would assume well, we're out of time, Ross. Thanks to everybody for listening in here on the Barroom Network. Remember to follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network on Twitter and follow us at 311Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed and uh, check out all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and on YouTube, of course. We got Science Fiction coming up at 9 p.m. We got a lot of Bears coverage coming up later this weekend. And uh, enjoy this holiday season. You, yeah, you said you went to the Chris Kindle Mart. We got to start mm-hmm. doing such things as we'll see snow before you know it. It's time. I'll be. Uh, I'll probably be at the Navy Pier on Saturday just to uh, see the indoor light show, doing all the Speaking of tourist stuff, all the touristy <laughs> things, all you the ones that the, the, the little ones like. But I like yeah. it too, as long as I can get a nice cold beer there. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. For now, everybody, be good to each other out there. We say deuces. So long, everybody. Thank you.